Yes. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go ahead and break for Sunday school. Good morning, everyone. I've got several pairs of glasses I could wear. I think these are the most appropriate. I think I'll keep what I got on. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 8, 19. Genesis chapter 19. Man, I tell you what, this is, for our day and age, this is probably one of the most appropriate chapters that you can uh, get to. When you start looking at your Bible, Genesis, Genesis chapter 19, just finished 18. I want to say one or two little words about 18 and slap and right, move right on into 19. Father, thank you for your many blessings this morning. Thank you for all you've done for us. Uh, Lord, just thank you for allowing us to have a wedding here yesterday, uh, hosted for a, it's another church, Lord, like-minded church. I just pray now that you'd bless that couple as they start their walk with you in this world, Lord. It's, and and uh, Lord, this world is no different than it's ever been. Uh, we may think it ha it is, but it's not, Lord. It's all it's always there's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. So, Lord, again, just thank you for uh, allowing us to have a church on Sunday morning to come to a place that we come and uh, we still open up a Bible, Lord, and haven't been hindered to do that yet. Uh, Father, I just want to ask you to bless this morning, and Father, we'll pray to you in, in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, Abraham, Abraham is in in the midst of this, uh, up on the side of a mountain. And sometimes being up on the side of a mountain is good. I was. Uh, Always joking about being on the side of a mountain somewhere, and my daughters—they were down in uh, uh, Gatlinburg, and one of them sent me a, a text, showed me a picture of a house up on top of the mountain. It was like their dad's house up on top of a mountain somewhere. And uh, I seen the thing the other day where this lady up in Springfield was selling a house, and this road was going back through the woods, and I mean it, the road just disappeared, and back there was a house somewhere. And I thought, man, that would be the place to live. But you still got to come out of that thing, and you still got to survive. In Genesis, Genesis chapter 18, at the very end of that thing, Abraham's talking to the Lord, and he's asking the Lord a couple things. And you should always have a communications with God. I mean, you're, you should be able to sit down with Jesus Christ and, and ask him some stuff and have him show you some things. And, and Abraham says in verse 32, uh, 18, 32, it says, And he said, Oh, let, let not the Lord be angry, but I will speak yet. Uh, speak yet, uh, but this once. Preventure 10. He's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction of the city. And he's asking the Lord not to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he's doing it for a lot's sake, but he's doing it because he just, Abraham's got a good heart. I mean, he really does have a good heart. And I think the Lord knows that. He said, Preventure 10 uh, shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And the Lord uh, went his way, and soon, as soon as he had left, communing with Abram, and Abram returned unto his place. Abraham uh, got him down. Hey, Adam, where you at? Adam, where? Oh, David, could you turn those two fans on right there? That heat is really coming up here, and I am cooking. I see you now, Adam. You're right there in the green. Is that my daughter with you right there? Oh, man, how about that? <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Abraham is sitting there talking to the Lord, and, and you can have power with God, and, and the Lord will listen to you. And if the heart is right, uh, he says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. So if you check your heart and say, hey, look, why am I asking for what I'm asking for? You'd be surprised that the Lord sometimes will hear what you say and he'll give you what you ask for. Uh, if, even if you're not completely sure what you're asking for, Abraham wasn't sure when he started listening to, and, and he started talking, he was thinking about a lot. 
Lot should have had uh, 10 people at least in, in that city of the years he'd been down there. Uh, they were taken into captivity. Abraham went and pulled them out. You would think that uh, as he did that, that the, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah would have realized that, hey, uh, God is greater than us, and that, that they would have caught that thing and some of them would have got saved. But you're going to get into chapter 19 here right now, and, and it's probably uh, one of the saddest chapters uh, in Genesis to me. Uh, here's a man who is considered righteous, but let's just read a few verses here. Uh, Genesis 19. Verse 1, and there came two angels. We already talked about angels. They're men. In this case, he calls them angels. But uh, to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, uh, seeing them, arose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, uh, my lords, turn in, I pray you, uh, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and get, uh, go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, that they, and they turned uh, in unto him. And he entered into the, his house, and, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. And before they did down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, uh, round, uh, house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Again, Father, thank you for your blessings. Uh, just be with us, the message this morning, Sunday school class. And Lord, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, brother, this is both Abraham and Lot at this point are pretty much the same. Uh, both prove themselves to be good hosts in feeding the angelic host visitors. The, Abraham has the Lord up there. The Lord didn't even come down to Sodom and Gomorrah. He just sent his two angels there. Abraham got the privilege of, of uh, feeding the Lord and the two angels. Uh, but pretty much it ends right there. It ends right there. Uh, Lot, Lot bows himself to the ground, just as Abraham did in 18.2. Lot invites the strangers in to wash their feet, as Abraham does in Genesis 18.14. And Lot makes them a feast, as Abraham did in 18.8. Uh, but, but Lot knew that if those men stayed out in the streets, that something was going to happen to them. And, and Lot, Lot still had some... some righteousness and morality about itself that he understood uh, what was going on. The Holy Spirit, I, and, and Dr. Orman says this, and I agree with it, the Holy Spirit is plainly trying to impress on the minds of that lot, in spite of his carnal choices and his spiritual failure, is still an Old Testament saint. Second Peter uh, 2.6 says this. Sometimes, you know, you read through your Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You read stuff, and you get all the way through some things sometimes, and and you'll start seeing that God shows you people in different phases of their life. He does that to us for a blessing. We had that wedding here yesterday. And, uh, I mean, this place was packed out. This, this place was packed out. We had cars all the way up to the sign and in the grass going up the hill past the sign. Uh, and it was just a lot of different people from a lot of different areas. Beth came home Thursday night. She came over to help him set up. And she goes, Mike, you ain't going to believe this. I said, well, believe what? And she goes, uh, there's a lady out here that is from Lexus Nexus named Connie, and I knew Connie. I worked right. I worked four feet from Connie for four or five years, and all of a sudden I realized how short life is and how small it is, and and people that I, I haven't worked out Lexus Nexus for uh, since 2013, and here this whole family comes in that I know them all. You know, you could have said something, done something wrong four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, messed everything up. And in the future, you never know what that future holds for you. 
that's why you have a Bible. And you know what this book does? It keeps you out of trouble. You sit here with a book in your hand and you, your flesh starts rising up and you say, but I know what the book says. If you don't know what this thing says, you're in trouble. Because you have nothing to help combat the old man. Uh, Adam taught a lesson uh, Thursday night, uh, the last couple of weeks, on the old man versus the new man, the two natures. And, and if you don't know and understand that you have that going on in your body all the time, uh, that the devil is always, he's attempting the flesh, he's pulling at the flesh. He's not going to win with the spirit, but if he can get the flesh to overcome the spirit, he's got you. You know what he did to Lot is he did just that. Uh, Lot is sitting down there, and he doesn't really care what his testimony is. He doesn't, I don't even think he realizes anymore what his testimony has done. Uh, he's done everything Abraham would do. He's, he's still a hospitable person, uh, but I'm telling you what, it messes up. Second Peter 2, 6 says, and turning about the Lord, what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrowing, making them an example unto those that afterwards after should live ungodly. There is some sins mentioned in Genesis chapter 19 that our world, not just our nation, our world, we got to quit being Americans. It's more worldly than, when he says worldly, uh, it, it is the whole world is involved in this stuff. And uh, our country is just one part of it. I mean, we, this world is Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's getting bad. And people say, I don't want to hear that. But then you're blinding yourself. Anyways, I'll go on. Uh, he says, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should after, should after live ungodly, uh, and deliver just lot. Now, the Holy Spirit, by inspiration, is telling Peter what to write. And Peter's writing exactly what he's supposed to write. And deliver just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul uh, from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the, the godly out of temptation and to reserve uh, the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, you, you can survive in this world. It's just going to, you're going to have to take a stand. I mean, you're just going to have to take a stand. Uh, the way you can be, two people can be in the same environment, one take a stand and one not. Uh, the one that takes a stand, the Lord will bless, watch after, protect. The one that doesn't take a stand will just mold right in and fit right in. I, I've told that story about being in a chief's mess. Uh, there's 70, probably 70 plus men in that cheese mess, E7 and above. And I didn't know of one Christian in that mess. And I walk in and the Lord makes me stand up and get my finger right in old Master Chief Blackburn's face, the oldest Master Chief in that mess. And I, I mean, I sit there and said, you offend my, I wish I could have had a video of that thing. I really could. I, I never would have had the guts probably to do that. I probably would, but never would have thought about doing that. You know, when he says, don't worry about what you're going to say in that moment, he'll put the words in your mouth. That's a true statement. You just got to have a heart. You got to have a heart that you're willing to say something or you got, if, if you're willing to do something, the Lord will take that sometimes and say, okay, I know you don't have the, the courage to do it, but I'm going to put you in a place and this thing's going to bubble up inside you so bad. I like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that he, he just said, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to say, I'm going to paraphrase. He said, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to say another word. He goes, but I couldn't. He said, I just couldn't do it. He said, I tried to keep my mouth shut. I just couldn't do it. And he had to keep talking. Uh, the Lord will put something inside of you. If you're on his side, he knows exactly who you're facing. And uh, I, I watched later when the CO called me up. The Fort Bird 06 called me up to the stateroom and said, Mike, you got to help me. I said, Captain, how can I, an E6, getting ready to make chief that you're mad at, and you won't even make me a chief. I said, how can I help you? He goes, you're splitting my ship in half. I'm like, I didn't understand what he was saying. 
And what he was saying is the stand that I took, I didn't take it for him. I didn't really take it to show how great a Christian I was. I took it because I knew I was either, if, if I didn't, I'm going to face God. I'm going to look at God and get, get him mad at me. I'm going to get the Lord mad at me. Or I'm going to get the ship mad at me. I said, between the two, I took the lesser of the two evils. I said, I'll let you guys, and the lesser of two, he's not evil, God's not evil. But I'm, I'm going to take the lesser of the two choices here and let the ship get mad at me and everybody get mad at me because I don't want the Lord mad at me. Now, brother, how do you develop that in your life? I have no idea. Just year after year after year of the goodness of God leading thee to repentance where he does good things for you in life. And then you get to some place where now he's going to test that. He goes, I did this for you. I did this for you. I did this for you. Now you know who I am. I didn't do this for you to get you to do this. I did these things for you so you could know me. And now that you know me, guess what? Here comes the trial. You should be able to get through the trial by the strength I gave you on the things you know me about. He did that for, for 20 years for my life, and he never stopped. Here I am, 42 years old in the Lord, and, and he's still doing the stuff. I got down the other day. Uh, Steve is, is I, well, they cut some trees down up at John Story's house. I got a rental. If I ever get into rental properties again, somebody shoot me, okay? I mean, it's just, just shoot me. Just shoot me. You've got my permission. Beth will get mad at you. Until she gets the insurance check, but she, but she will love you after that. Uh, she'll forgive you. Let's say she'll forgive you. But uh, so I cut down these trees, and Andrew's trailer takes a two and five sixteenths ball, and I had a two inch on my truck, and I couldn't find my two and a half inch ball, two and five sixteenths ball, and I said, "Man, I know it's here somewhere. I can." So I'm walking through the garage. God's my witness. God's my witness. You talk about the Holy Spirit doing something really interesting sometimes. I'm walking through my garage, and, and half of my garage is clean, and half of it's a mess. It's like night and day. Uh, I'll get to this half one day. But I looked down, and I had knocked over this box of, of uh, punch-outs that punch out. Who really cares what they punch out? But they're punches. And uh, the, so they're laying all over the ground, and I, just, I said, man, if I don't pick these things up, they're going to be scattered from who knows to where, and it's just going to be a mess. So I get down on my knees, just like this, and I get this little green box that's about this big. And I pick all the punches up, put them back in there, and set them down. And there is that ball and that hitch. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, see, sometimes on your knees you can find this. Yeah. I said, uh, you know, I was standing there. I didn't see it. It was just this black. It's just like I should have seen it. I just didn't see it. When I get down there, I think he just, they blinded my eyes. And then I got down there, and I'm like, boy, I'm stupid, aren't you? He goes, yeah, you sure are, man. I said, yeah, man. <laughs> You know, brother, I'm telling you, it's the Lord when he starts working. He'll, I, I heard a quote from a man. He said, God will, and I'll mention that in my morning message. He said, God will, the same exact thing he does in people's lives, will harden one person and soften another. The exact same thing. It, it's all how you take what he does. And he, he starts in our lives. And there's just nowhere, there's no way to tell where he starts. Abraham and Lot both had the same opportunity in their life. One wasn't, wasn't picked over the other one. Uh, Abraham shouldn't have took Lot to start with. The Lord tried to warn him, but hey, they both had the same opportunity. Uh, angels came to both of them. I mean, it wasn't like Abraham. Abraham did have something over Lot. He had it. But, but Lot still had the same opportunity. And... Uh, he said he delivered just Lot. In 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, you, you have got, oh, brother, I'm telling you what, man. It's, the Old Testament is just as fresh as the New Testament any day of the week. 
uh, if, you, if you read the thing and read the thing and read the thing and you start seeing the hand of God through the thing, uh, you can see just as much of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament as you do the New Testament if you're looking for him. If you're not looking for him, you're not going to find him in the New Testament any more than you find him in the Old Testament. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For, for we brought nothing into the world. Exactly what did you bring into the world? I'm going to tell you what Lot's problem is. I'm going to show you right now what Lot's problem is. For we brought nothing into this world. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Uh, sometimes stuff will, uh, having too much stuff will get you to the place where you don't want stuff. Uh, I mean, when you have to start moving stuff and then your feet hurt and your back hurt and everything else, you'll, you'll realize I don't want stuff no more. I don't want no stuff. Uh, Angela called the other day and when she, she was run off the road. She just needed some help. She asked if I had a wrecker. It is sad when somebody thinks I have a wrecker. <laughs> that I have that much junk that I would have a wrecker in my backyard somewhere. I need, I need, to, I need to change that persona <laughs> about me <laughs> because there's just things I don't have and I don't even want. I mean, not when I was a kid, man, I wanted a tractor. I wanted, I wanted a bulldozer. Uh, I'm, I'm talking when I was a kid, like 52, 51, 50. <laughs> uh, I wanted a big old ditch digger. I'm like, I don't know why I would have it. A, a, a good bobcat would have worked really nice. A couple of all of them back there would have been good. But now I'm looking at it. Now you got to change the hydraulic lines. I'm going, man, I just you could go off on that stuff all day long. But godliness with contentment is great gain. What's it going to take to get us content? You're never going to get godliness until you get contentment. Because you're all going to be looking for something other than godliness. Godliness, if you get contentment, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be uh, there with content. Abraham was. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and snares and, uh, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's where Lot was. A lot seen the value of commerce. He's seen the value of get, being able to get uh, stuff the way he wanted it. Uh, he goes on in Timothy, he says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. Uh, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I've seen that in the, on the ship with all those chiefs and marine guys. I'm telling you, brother, it's uh, you... I've had people say, well, you were in the military. Yeah, I was. Uh, and you did everything they did. I said, yes, I did. I said, but it's a different scenario. I walked in with Jesus Christ all over my heart, and he got me through some things, and I did exactly what he told me to get due. Uh, not really realizing what I was doing, but it's a different scenario. Uh, if the Lord tells you to do something, then do it. Far be it. It'll work out right. Uh, but if he doesn't tell you what to do and you're going to go do it because you think somebody else did it and they got away with it or they got through it and you'll do the same thing, you won't do it. It won't happen that way. Uh, God works separately. He works with individuals an individual way. Why he did what he did for me, uh, I'll never know until I get to heaven. I'll have to ask him uh, because he just did it. And, uh, and I get through all that stuff and I, here I am na as naive as I could be until I sit in front of, after I got kicked out of the cheese mess, I'm still naive as I can be. Until I sit down into Master Chief one year's office a few minutes later or somewhere in the next week or two, and he looks at me and says, Elliot, we stop people like you. And I'm looking at him like, I've been in the Navy nine years, going on ten years, and you stop people like me. Like, what does that mean? I just didn't understand what you just said. 
Christians. We don't want Christians to elevate past E6. And we stop you. I'm like, where in the world did that come from? And all of a sudden, my mind, Lord, says, ah, Mike, <laughs> let's stop here for a second. You thought you were in the right place. You know, I think Paul did the same thing when he got knocked down on the road to Damascus. He was with the Pharisees. He's with the scribes. He's with all them guys. He's a, he's a Pharisee of Pharisees, studied under Gamaliel, knew all the stuff he needed to do, and he was going with all fervor, serving God, killing Christians. You say, but well, that was wrong. In your eyes, it may be wrong. In my eyes, it may be wrong. But in God's eyes, he tolerated it. He had a lot of grace. And then one day, old Paul gets knocked down on the road to Damascus and got his attention. I mean, it took something to that level to get his attention. And he goes, Lord, who art thou? He says, it's Jesus whom thou persecutest. Paul turned just like that. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could all just turn just like that and just run headlong at serving Jesus Christ no matter what the thing is. I think Paul was, didn't know really, he thought he was serving God, he was doing it. And one day the Lord said, just like Cornelius in chapter, I think, 8. Cornelius is sitting there, and uh, he's a Roman soldier, and he's sitting there thinking. He goes, man, he goes, and an angel appears and says, hey, you need to go get Peter. And Peter will come and teach you what you need to know. And Cornelius gets his whole house together. He's a Roman soldier, gets a whole house together. He's a Gentile, and the Lord sends Peter, does a lot of stuff with Peter to get him there. And Peter comes over there, and as soon as he does... Here's Cornelius. He knows that he needs something. He just don't know what he needs. And the Lord shows him, and Cornelius gets it, and his whole house gets it. Uh, you can never, I mean, telling you, brother, you cannot, you cannot put your finger on God and put him in a box and say he's going to act like this, and he's going to do this all the time. That is what's wrong with Christianity today. There's no individual relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's where we have our problem at. Because we think we do, 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 and that's enough. And, it's so much more than that. I was talking to a lady at the wedding the other day, and we was talking about marriages. And what's wrong with most people is they get married before they find out who, number one, they are. If they don't know who they are, you're going to marry the wrong person. And you're going to find that out down the road when you finally figure out who you are. And once you figure out who you are, you're going to realize they aren't what you want. Now you've got two options. You endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. And you just are miserable for the rest of your life. Or you get tired of that and you get a divorce because the government gave you an option out. And you sit there and say, wait, why don't you? I've told people, I said, I waited nine years before I met Beth. Uh, I've seen a lot of ladies and a lot of ladies have caught my eyes. Beth caught my heart. There's a difference. And I tell her that all the time. I said, Beth, you got my heart, man. That's what, you got this thing. It's yours. It's yours. I can't do nothing about that. That's what the Lord gave you from me. Here it is, my heart. It's yours. Uh, you got to watch that thing, brother. Your heart is deceptive. It'll get you. And you got to realize your flesh is just in there. Lot, Lot, let that thing go. He never stopped it. He never stopped it. Now, I am not here trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm 64 years old, and I started this thing at 22. I, did, I picked up a Bible, and I just figured like a tech manual, it's going to show me what to do. And I'm going to do what it tells me to do. All my training was through the Navy, through books, books. I could not survive without books. I needed books to fix anything. I, to this day, I couldn't tell you how much of anything works. 
I could care less about how it works. The book told me how it worked. They would tell me what it's not doing. I would look at the book. The book said it should be doing that. I would say, okay, let's make it do that. Then I'd go find out why it's not doing that. Then I'd walk away, still didn't care how it worked. It made them happy. If they were happy and it did what they wanted it to do, that's fine. Uh, if somebody could please tell me how to text GO to 827-222, I would really appreciate that. I have no idea. I tried to get an Uber, and it said I needed to text GO to 827-222. Like, how do you do that? It's not a phone number. It's not a this. I wanted to throw the phone against the wall, run over with my truck, do all kinds of stuff because it made no sense to me, still makes no sense to me. I went out to the internet and said, how do you do this? Apparently, it makes no sense to anybody out there either because either they didn't understand my question or they, thought I, they probably thought I was an imbecile and they did not understand the question because it was so basic that even a moron would understand that. I didn't understand that. But brother, that's what, you know what Lot wanted was that. That's what... That's where we're at today, by the way. We're in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they don't want you to say you're in Sodom and Gomorrah. Watch this one. Oh, you like this. He says, uh, verse 11, after you get pierced through with many sorrows because of the, the filth of the world and you don't really realize it, every man in that, in that chief's mess was pierced through with sorrows. They all wanted to be chief. They thought, well, if I just make chief or uh, staff sergeant or whatever the Marines were. I have no idea. Air Force, Army, and Marines are, are crazy. I don't understand their rank structure at all. The Navy guys are totally different. I mean, we go E1, E2, E5, E6, petty officers. We have petty officers. Nobody has petty officers. Only the Navy has petty officers. Then we got chiefs. The Army, Air Force, and Marines, I have no idea what they got. Their captain is a lieutenant to me. Their captain is nothing. Uh, and our captain is like God. I mean, it's, it's like you would think they would line the things up. But anyways, he goes on, he goes, but that old man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto that also are called and, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to learn this book and live it. No matter what you're doing, you just live it. You say, well, I need to quit. No, you don't need to quit anything. Uh, you don't need to quit your job. You don't need to quit running. What you need to do is live for Jesus Christ in whatever you're doing. You know what Lot did? He didn't do that. Lot is sitting right there on the, on the thing. The LGBTQ2. The two is, I, I, I forget what they said the two was. It's lesbian, gay. I thought they were all the same. Uh, bisexual, transgenders. The Q is queer. Or questioning. And I don't know what the two, I forgot what the two was. Community is nothing new. Sodom was probably the main headquarters. That's my little note. Uh, <laughs> when you sit there and look at this thing, man, I mean, they got, they're sitting there and they've got the government on their side, just like Sodom and Gomorrah had. And you know what they're trying to tell you to do? Don't say nothing about homosexuality, queers, faggots, all the rest of that. That's wrong. It's wrong. Bible says in Leviticus, men with men is wrong and women with women is wrong. Now, I've got relatives that are queer faggots. It's still wrong. And I talk to them, and I tell them it's wrong. I said, and I try to be as gracious as I can. I told my wife, you let your brother in my house along with my kids, and I will kill you. Her brother is a faggot. Ah, you know, he's a, uh, a recovering fagaholic. That's what I say. You say, well, that's mean and cruel. Look, I'm telling you, 
I don't trust anybody. But here's the, man, I got a message. My message this morning is, <laughs> it's just going to condemn me all over the place. I'm going to go to hell. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but you have got to get to the place where you do what God says do and believe what God says or, or you're going to end up like a lot. You got two options here, Abraham or Lot. Abraham chose to go up on the side of a mountain. Uh, he just wanted, he didn't want to convince, stick over that stuff. Lot could have survived in Sodom and Gomorrah. He could have had a ministry. There's a, a, a man up in Detroit, has a ministry down in Detroit, and he's, ugh, I was sitting there talking to him the other day. I, was, I, I tell you, I don't think I could do that. Uh, I don't even think I could have part of that ministry. I'd have a hard time even supporting that thing because I think fire and brimstone should just come out of heaven and just devour the place, Detroit, all of it. Uh, but Brother Reagan's up there, and Brother Reagan likes him and helps him, and and uh, but the guy's talking to the guy, and he goes, uh, a black guy came down there, had his clothes on backwards, had his hair all pink, uh, transgender, trans. I mean, he goes, he got out of it, got back into drugs, and he's back down there selling himself as a as a male prostitute. And he goes, Mike, he goes, that is what is the norm in that whole area down there. I told him, I said, brother, I need to get you in here to come and, and preach at us for a couple of days. Just for us to just to see and realize, because sometimes we shelter ourselves in our homes, and we watch stuff and, and we think or we see things and, and we think we're disgusted and that stuff. Uh, we read our Bibles and say, "Oh, you shouldn't say that. That's disgusting." Go to Detroit. Go go down Dayton, down Dayton, uh, downtown Dayton on the Oregon District, and see what's going on down. Any small town in America, same thing. There's stuff going all over this place, and uh, somebody came up to me the other day and. And I don't want to ever get so hardened that I don't care. But they go, uh, did you hear about so-and-so? She says she's a lesbian now. I said, well, it, it, it figures. If you're going to live in a family that allows things to happen a certain way without any restraints, then anything goes. And if nothing happens, you're lucky. You're fortunate. But don't expect nothing to happen. It is our responsibility. As I was saying earlier, don't, don't get to the place where you, well, I've been failed my whole life. Well, maybe so. Uh, and maybe you got a few, few days left that you can do something positive. And maybe you're the effect, you can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to hear the thing. I'm going to turn it. I'm going to start from this day forward and go forward and start doing something for you. Uh, I'm going to come out of Sodom and I'm going to do it. I still, I still lived a Christian life after, after that incident in the cheese mess. I still, they thought I was going to hide somewhere. I was going to be this little Christian baby, cry baby. Abraham never went and hide. You know, you got a Bible, you sit here, you don't hide. And the Holy Spirit at that moment, when I walked out that door, I knew my Navy career was over. And the, it was like the Holy Spirit said, hey, go tell Master Chief one year what you just did in his cheese mess. I, if he hadn't said anything, probably would have went up to the ET shop, uh, which would have been this way up the stairs and a couple floors up and I'd have been there. But something right there, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to lose anything now. It's already over. I mean, what more could he possibly do but kill all me, man, <laughs> and solve my problem in life? So I rushed right down there to tell him. Uh, you never hide. You never should be ashamed. I mean, uh, things are going to happen in life. They're just going to happen. Uh, Lot, Lot got into a place where he did not live that Christian life. I believe, like I was going to say about that brother up in Detroit, I believe you could go there and live, and he's doing exactly what them people, he said that guy come up here and crying. The world just took him and done wore him out. He pulled away from it, but he couldn't get so far away that it didn't drag him back in. 
I'm telling you what, the sins of the flesh is probably one of the worst sins that you can ever do because it'll attack your body like you wouldn't believe. Uh, when he said that a husband and wife become one, they're one. And you rip that thing apart, and I've watched that thing for 40 years. You rip it apart and see if it don't hurt. It'll go, it's going to hurt for a long, long time. And you're going to have to figure out how to get over that thing. I've seen people suffering, uh, suffering and suffering suffering for years over a divorce. Uh, and it just, it just destroys everything. And that's exactly that. devil don't care one thing about that. But uh, verse 4 in Genesis says, but before they lay down. So Lot's got these two angels in his house. Uh, he's taking care of them, feeding them, trying to get them through the night, trying to protect them, trying to do some good things. But Lot's still just as wicked as the day is long. Verse 4, Genesis 19.4 says, but before, before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, and all, all the people from every quarter. The, silly, the city is fully compromised at this point. Uh, it is at a place where if you do, uh, and it goes on down. Uh, I'm going to jump a couple of verses here just to put a context on this before I say what I say. Uh, seven, eight. Do, 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 do. I lost a page here somewhere, I think. There we go. Verse 8. Uh, verse 9. Yeah, verse 9. The, the LGBTQ group is uh, talking back. And they, said, and they said, stand back. And they said, uh, they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs to be a judge. Now we will do worse with thee than with them. They're getting ready to rape these two men, or, or they think they're going to rape these two men. Uh, they're getting ready to, to get a hold of something that they have no idea what they, they're dealing with. Uh, and that's what wickedness does, and that's what sin does. Sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay, and that's where, that's where Lot is. He said, we will deal worse with, with, uh, them than, uh, with thee than with them. I don't know how much worse you could do, but kill him. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break down the door. Any action against this way, I put a note here, any action against this way of life is quickly met with a swift rebuke and violence, uh, and a violent manifestation of hostilities toward the perpetrator. That's where you're at today. You go out and you get into a world and they'll call it a hate crime. They've done said it's a hate crime. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mom tells me all the time. She goes, you keep preaching like that. They're going to take your church away from you. Then that's what they'll have to do. Because I've got a book and the book says it's wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. If you put me in front of a piece of gear and you say that uh, it's broke, I'm going to bring out a book and the book is going to tell me how to fix it. And if you say, oh, well, you don't need that book. Just fix it. You can't fix it without the book. Uh, they're trying to get you to say something's okay, and the perspective they're trying to say it's okay at is they're making up the perspective. Uh, the Catholic Church, I get in arguments with Catholics all the time, the Catholic Church is the Pope and the Cardinals and the Bishops. That's what it is. The Catholic Church is not an entity over here ran by these people. These people are the ones that make up the Catholic Church. People make the church. The church, this church is full of Baptists. You guys are all Baptists. Most of us are anyways. We're Baptists. We have a certain ideology that we think a certain way. We pick up a Bible. We're supposed to pick up a Bible. We're supposed to look at it. We're supposed to think that, hey, this is the word of God, and this is what we're going to do. 
Well, if the, if the government comes up and tells me that what I have to do is something different than what this has to say, then fooey on the government. Sorry, I'm not going to do what they say. They can lock me up. I'm okay with that. I don't really have a problem with that. You say, well, bad things could happen. Yeah, they could. But again, I'm going to trust the Lord. You say, well, I don't know. Look, I've watched him for 42 years take care of me. He told me to shoot down the hallway and go tell Master Chief one year what I did. You know what I did? I shot down the hallway. I watched Master Chief one year from his office. If, does anybody, y'all know Phil Naniger? I watched him take Colcock, Phil Naniger, lift him up off the ground, and Naniger goes hits a wall across the hallway from where uh, Master Chief one year's office, just for getting paint on his door. He was trimming out the door and got a little paint on his gray paint. He was serious about his gray door. And he knocked old Phil out. And that's the, the Holy Spirit is sending me in there right now. And I just got kicked out of the chief's mess, man, an E6. Two of a thousand and made chief. And I just got kicked out. What's that guy going to do to me? I don't really care. You know what I got? I got the Lord. You say, how do you know the Lord is going to protect you? Well, because he told me to join the Navy, and I did. And it worked. And he told me to do this, and I did. And it worked. And he told me to do this, and I did. And it worked. And he told me to do that, and I did. And it worked. And he told me to do all this stuff, and it worked. And then I get to that place right there, and he tells me what to do. It just, it's now a natural thing to do what he says do. When, he, when, I know, when I know that's what he says. When somebody tells me what I need to do, that just, my hair stands up on the back of my head. I'm like, who are you? I like that, I like that, uh, the devils, man. The devils are smart devils. Uh, devils are smart, by the way. This guy's full of seven of them. And these guys come up to tell him, and, and he goes, he goes, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And they jump on him and pounce on him and beat him up. Uh, you ought to know Jesus, man. Jesus, you ought to know what Jesus is telling you. Even the devils know when the Lord talks. He, uh, you, that maniac of Gadara, he said, don't, don't cast us out into the deep, cast us into these swine. And he did. I mean, they, they know exactly who they're talking to when they do. He said, but before they, back to verse 4. He said, but before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, and all the people from every quarter. I mean, the, the whole lifestyle is corrupted. Verse 5. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee? They watch. They're watching. They know exactly what's happening. They are very aware of what is going on in the world. They're very aware of what's going on in their city. Where are the men which uh, came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Uh, to know them is they're going to have relations. They're going to turn them and try to turn them into homosexuals just like them. Homosexuals recruit. They don't reproduce. They cannot reproduce. They recruit. Uh, so they are not a, it's not a natural thing. It never was a natural thing. Uh, they're trying to say it's a natural thing, but it's not a natural thing. Uh, to know sometimes is a euphemism for sexual intercourse. <gasps> oh! That's your Bible is just as blunt as it could be. Oh, I don't want. That. I've had people say, "I don't want my kids to hear that." Well, then I think you're wrong, uh, because they're going to go out in this world. They're going to see it. We let this world take. We have done no different than what these men right here are doing. We've turned our children over to this world. We let them go into the school system. Look, I don't care. There's a balance. I think you can put kids in the school system. I think it's a bad thing to take all them out of there, anyways. But, but we have to stand behind them and make sure that they understand what they're doing and how they can stand in that school and still be a witness for Jesus Christ. Uh, I stood in the Navy for all those. Dr. Peacock looked at me and said, well, he said, well, you made it, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. 
And it made me start thinking, well, if I did it, other people can too. Then what is it you need? You need, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. So then what we need to do is train them so that wherever they stand in this world, they can stand. They have to stand. Doing everything, stand. You got to be able to stand. You got to. Abraham did that. Lot folded. He just folded. Uh, and Lot went out the door under them and shut the door after him. He's trying to protect these guys. And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Lot still showing his hospi hospi hospitable attitude, his acts toward the strangers by trying to protect them from the mob. Lot knows what these men are about, and, and what they're about to do is very wicked. He already knows that. Verse 8. And now I have two daughters. This is, I'm telling you what, this is why this thing Brother, sin will take you further than you want to go. Sometimes you will not even realize what you're doing. Lot, Lot knew exactly how to take care of those two men when they came in. He knew how to feed them. He knew how to take care of them. He called them Lord. He did everything the right way. Lot still had some portion of his life that was still there. But he had been down in that city for so long and around those people for so long that what he knew was tainted. And pretty soon, you'll, you know why you read your Bible? For that thing to always just be in your face. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. I don't like the Ten Commandments. There's a reason why you don't like the Ten Commandments. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I can do whatever I want. I can go sit in a bar room today and I can drink. Give me, say, give me a fifth of Jack Daniels and I can sit there and drink it. I might have a wreck on the way home and kill myself. Uh, but however come, I could go do that. And I'd still go to heaven. That's how sure I am about what Jesus Christ did for me. But I'm telling you what, if you go around, I don't like going around bars because eventually if you hang around people long enough in, in what they're doing, you're going to become like them. Uh, the, Navy, the Navy forced me to be on those ships. I could not just get up and leave. The Lord forced me to be on those ships because he said, you signed up, you idiot. Now you're going to finish what you started. And when I tell you to quit, I'll tell you to quit. He finally one day told me to quit. You get yourself into a mess, he can get you out. But you're going to have to let him get you out. And then what you need to do is the next time, or I need to do the next time, is make sure before I get myself into a mess, I know what mess I'm getting myself into. He knows what mess I'm getting myself into. And he approves of the mess I'm getting ready to get into. Because that's the mess he wants me. Paul went to Jerusalem. Agabus said, don't go, man. Agabus came up a prophet. He, he took Paul's girdle and I can't believe Paul had a girdle, man. See, that we, our, our language, our, our terminology of words today is totally different than what they had back there. But he takes this, this towel-looking thing, and, and he ties his hands and his feet and says, whoever owns this, this is what they're going to do in Jerusalem. And they try to talk him out of going. I've had a lot of people say he's out of God's will. Uh, I know I think the Holy Spirit was just warning him and what's getting ready to happen to you. And Paul said, because he told, he told uh, uh, oh, what's the guy's name over in Acts chapter 9, uh, Ananias, he told Ananias, he said, I'm going to show Paul what great things he's going to have to suffer for me. Paul already knew that he was, it was going to cost him. Number two, he already knew he was going to Rome. And no matter what they do to him in Jerusalem, they're not going to be able to kill him. He's going to Rome. God's done said he's going to Rome. You know where he's going to go? He's going to go to Rome. Uh, I've, I've said before, you know, he could have went on the Queen Mary or he went on the prison barge. He chose the prison barge. Ah, he didn't choose that. That's just the outcome of that thing. But the Lord knew that too. Paul just had it in his heart that he could trust God and the Lord would work out whatever he needed to work out. Paul was a, uh, 
He was a Jacob like I am. I liked it when he's up on the side of that staircase going to prison. He goes, hey, let me talk to him. And then they're getting ready to go in and beat him. And he's like, man, I just don't want to get beat today. That beating stuff don't feel good. He goes, hey, could y'all beat a Roman? By the way, did you know I'm a Roman? I, I, I thought I'd just throw that into the mix here. <laughs> I'm a Roman. Well, did you, I, I had to pay lots of money for my, my uh, Romanship, my, my uh, citizenship. Paul goes, I'm freeborn. I'm telling you what, he, Paul had some things he could pull out of the thing at any given time and get himself in or out of trouble, but he didn't. He went through a lot of stuff. He knew exactly what he was getting into. And these men are getting ready to do something. He says, behold, now I have two daughters. Lot has already got to the place where his own flesh and blood, he's willing to sacrifice to a bunch of perverts. Man, I'd have went back in and got a double-barrel shotgun. I'd come Well, I probably shouldn't say that because... Strike that from the record. I really wouldn't do that. Well, no, I'd protect my family. And I would protect the men that came into my house. I think I would. Uh, he, goes, he goes, that have not known man. So he still thinks they're virgins. If they are, he says, let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. Lot is willing to sacrifice his own flesh and blood to appease the reprobates with his two daughters. Now, brethren, I, I, you know, this is the greatest book in the whole wide world. I'm telling you, what he does, you want, you want the fear of the Lord? You want to know what the fear of the Lord is? You're, getting, you're seeing it right here all through these pages. Is making a decision for one side or the other and doing it. What do you fear more, a bunch of lesbian queers or do you fear God? What do you fear more in this life? Do you fear your family? But my mom and my dad. Look, if you, I'm not saying go get your mom and dad. But, but once you get married, you're single. I mean, not single. <laughs> you are single. You and your wife are one. It's like a single thing. He told Adam, he said, you leave your mom and dad and, and you cleave unto your wife and you become one. You know, you got to learn how to get out there and survive. Uh, that's all you can do. I mean, you can't do that. Lot is sitting here going to take two of his kids and give them to a bunch of stinking perverts to have their way with him. And when he gets them back in the morning, he'll be lucky if they're still alive. Lot pleads for the safety of his home, uh, of the home of, for his two strangers, but he has no, no uh, but to no avail. He, he doesn't win. In verse 9, I'll stop right here. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came to sojourn. His, uh, he became, I learned when I was in the Navy, you say, well, you, you're in the Navy a lot. Yeah. I learned when I was in the Navy that going up the chain of command isn't always what you want. Uh, sometimes you have to sell your soul to get that thing. And I personally refuse to sell my soul, uh, because not only is it going to cost me, but it's going to cost my family. Uh, that crowd that was in here yesterday, it was a, it was a blessing. I mean, I'm telling you, there's there probably close to a couple hundred people in here. And I sat there and looked at him. I said, Lord, you know, I said, these people, all of them haven't had the training I've had. Uh, so I, I can't judge any of them uh, anyway. I, you know, I just like, you see them as sheep without a shepherd. And, he's, and the Lord's saying, yeah, that's exactly what they are, sheep without a shepherd. And you, you may or may not be able to have a time with them and help them. Uh, you know what the Lord's looking for? He's looking for some shepherds. He's looking for some people that can help other people get through this world and tell them the truth. And the only way you're going to get any truth is right here out of that book. There is no other way. And sometimes the truth we get is something we don't necessarily want. 
Uh, I don't know if we like it. I don't know if I, I've never liked everything 100% I've got out of that book, but I've known it's right. And it's made me get to the place where I've, I've chose sides. Abraham chose a side. He said, I'm on God's side. And Joshua said, who is on the Lord's side? As for me and my house, we are on the Lord's side. We shall serve the Lord. Lot said, well, you know, I know about God, but I'm going to let my kids do whatever. And they all died, except for two. We'll get to that next week. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, help us to see that uh, although this happened many thousands of years ago, it's the same that we're going through today. And Lord, when it really gets down to it, it's how much do we believe the Word of God or are we going to stand on the Word of God as the Word of God and when it says do something for what we can understand, do it. Lord, give us the strength. Lord, I know a lot of times we'll never know what to say until we're in positions where we have to say something. Uh, but, Lord, I just pray that there's enough in us that at, the, at those moments in our life, you gave us the words that we can speak. Help us not be afraid of this world, not run from it, hide. Uh, Lord, there's no way to hide from it. The two angels didn't hide. Abraham, when he went down to rescue him, he didn't hide. He went down uh, full force with his men and, and rescued them. But, Lord, he didn't take nothing from those people. Uh, Lord, Lot took everything. Lord, help us to see the difference between these two men. And, Lord, uh, just get us a little closer to you. And we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.